Hello, WZIP. Welcome back to Willow Wednesday. We're your hosts, Natalie and Hara. Say hi to the nice viewers, listeners, Hara. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to WZIP Entertainment Rebooted. We are bringing you yet another episode of our commentary on the Disney Plus series Willow. Today is episode six, Hara, President Prisoners of Skellen. Don't know why I said that. Prisoners of Skellen, and I'm going to guess that this episode caused a reaction somewhere between an increased desire to binge and a heart attack. Which was it? Definitely heart attack. I almost <laughs> cried. This was the first episode where I genuinely almost <laughs> cried watching. And it was a roller coaster from start to finish. I didn't know what to do with it. I, I It's the first episode where I picked up my phone and texted you my immediate <laughs> reaction. I usually wait until we're here recording <laughs> to like share all my reactions so we're like talking about it in real time but this episode had me pick up my phone so I could scream guys she used all caps all caps it was that serious it was for two messages she used all caps not just the one the two it was like hit after hit Mm -hmm. after hit with this episode and I feel like the only reason that it wasn't more than two messages is because I had gone to bed so I then texted her back the next day, and she had had some time to probably calm down a little bit, get her thoughts in order. So, Definitely. you know, it wasn't as immediate. I feel like it would have been more av- immediate if I hadn't gone to sleep. Yeah, if you were responding immediately <laughs> and, I, and I hadn't checked the time and saw that it was so late, I would have been screaming the entire episode. <laughs> and then I would have used our text messages as my notes for this podcast. Oh, we should do that. <laughs> That would be fun. She just text back and forth and then just pull up our notes. It would be so much easier. <laughs> but yeah, it, w- it was definitely a bit of a roller coaster, as she said. Um, there was actually a really emotional scene, and we will definitely get to it because it it was really that good. And it also had a bit of a cliffhanger at the end. Too big of a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I luckily stopped myself from watching the next episode because I realized I'm actually enjoying the whole it's like old timey but watching one episode a week I'm enjoying that and even though like all these episodes they're like better than than like better than the one before you know and it just keeps getting better and better and I want to finish it already but watching it once a week builds up that anticipation for me and I don't know I'm really enjoying doing that but this episode I almost broke that. I was like, I'm going to finish this show right here, right now. But by the time I finished the episode, it was almost midnight. (laughs) I think I had watched six and seven at least together. And then I think it had been a bit of a pause before I got around to eight. Which is completely understandable because the Mm -hmm. ending of six, we will get into that. We will get into that. So the episode starts with Eric reminding us of his presence after all of our defending Graydon last episode. And he very wisely, I might add, walks away from the spooky cultish voice calling out to him with a solid nope was very very smart of him that my my esteem for him rose like several points just from that reaction agreed he heard that voice and he was like nope. not happening spooky today. voice spooky place Definitely not for me not for me and then he just turned around started walking away my first note was honestly smart eric That was all I wrote. Smart Eric. Because that was a good good decision on his part. Although it didn't really doesn't really pan out that way because you know, spooky place. But meanwhile 
We pick up where the last episode left off with the trolling trolls taking Kit and Willow, apparently. Did not catch when they grabbed Willow, but apparently they did. Yeah, I wrote that too. When I saw Willow, I was like, wait. So <laughs> Willow's they got, here. So they got them all, or is it just Willow and Kit? Yeah. Because seeing Willow there had me confused. I was like, they ended up rounding them all. Mm-hmm. Nope, but just Willow just and Kit. Two. And they were taken to the Mines of Skellen, which is apparently where Borman and Mad Mardigan's mission for the Chimerian cuirass went south. They're immediately imprisoned by surprisingly articulate trolls, more like William Burton Tom from The Hobbit than the cave troll in Lord of the Rings. And they meet this other dude in a cage across for them, who claims to be Mad Mardigan. He this clearly ruined my day. <laughs> he clearly did not know that Willow and Kit are two of perhaps the best people to immediately call that out as an obvious lie. I mean, seriously, my guy, that's his daughter and his best friend, essentially. Now, you I don't know exactly. Up when Kit had, you know, last seen her father, when Mad Mardigan disappeared. I don't remember exactly if we were told when that was, how old Kit was, but I would think she would at least have some kind of idea of what her father looks like. And as we find out later in the episode, she definitely knows what he sounds like. For sure. And Willow, 100%, would know what he looks and sounds like. 100%. They met as adults. They became friends as adults. They were close friends as adults. He would know immediately. <laughs> but this guy just like, he just keeps going. Like right after they call him out, he's just like, no, I am. I am Mad Mardigan. <laughs> it's like, stop. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie to you. Like as soon as he said his name was Mad Mardigan, I immediately paused it. I didn't wait to see any reactions or anything. I paused it and just screamed. I was like, <laughs> there's no way. Like they would not do this. He's not like. You know, I believed it. I fell for it. That, it's the truth. I will admit to that. And See, then I had to pause it for like a good five minutes before I could jump back in. And then I jumped back in and immediately got angry. <laughs> I was like, do not ever. Because I was like, you know, it's been like so long Then it could have been possible that like he's grown. You know, obviously they had to change his actor yeah. in my head. So I was like, he looks Man, older. Man, took a different. bit of a... A decline um so like that was my mind like process in the first like 30 seconds of that scene and then the truth comes out yeah. and I was just angry <laughs> but like the very first second this guy showed up in the cage I wrote down new guy just frowned I was not happy <laughs> and then he said he was Mar- mad Martigan and I was like oh, wait and then he's not and I will I will confess this has been spoiled to me accidentally. By yourself. By myself. <laughs> it, it was not intentional. It was not intentional. One time, like when I was going through it the first time I was watching the series, I Googled Mad Mardigan Willow 2022. Because I just, you know, I didn't want any like episode specifics. I just wanted to know if there was going to be any answer to him like at all. Well, silly me. I found something that looked like it might have the answer to that question, and I clicked it, and I read it, and it talked about this episode, and I was like, ugh. No. I played myself. That's terrible. I played myself. I was too curious too quickly. Instead of just watching, just binging it to find out, I was like, you know, maybe it's like, I'll, I'll do a little bit of a search. You know, nothing specific. The grip that Mad Mardigan has on us. <laughs> I, just, I wanted only... to know 
man was going to be here. This man was only in a 1988 movie, and <laughs> he's got a grip on us like this. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if I would have been fooled or not, because obviously it had been spoiled, so I, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know. And this it, happens in, like, the first five minutes of the episode, hence why I called it a roller coaster of an episode. Mm-hmm. I went up and then down. Yeah, then we go up. from Kit and Jade's kiss being interrupted by the trolling trolls. Funny. And then... Super funny. We go to Mad Mardigan wannabe Allagash. Allagash, we will talk about that guy, that dude. We, we, we have thoughts. A lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. Um, so, a bunch of my notes for this episode have literally just been me screaming. It's literally a bunch of no, no way, ah, no, stop this, no way. Ah. Oh. oh, oh no, 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 mm-hmm. no way, stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are a bunch of my notes. Yeah. So anyway, the trolls are completely racist against Nelwins for some reason. So I guess they're not that nice after all. And like Bilbo, Kit has not learned yet not to give her name and address to creepy cave dwellers. Immediately. Who are you? I uh, am I'm Kit, Kit Tantalos from, from Tirasleen, Queen Sorcia's daughter. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't even know these people. Yeah, like, what happened to Stranger Danger? Yeah, it's like these people just kidnapped you, broke off your kiss, and then, you know, kidnapped you in the kidnapped you in the middle of the ro- the woods and you're just like okay here's here's my name here's my address you know here's here's my life story <laughs> like, no. she didn't go that far but that was the gist i was like come on when will people remember or learn do not give personal information okay guys it's like putting personal information on the internet don't do it do not give strangers your personal information it's just not the smart thing it, to it's do. not smart and, you know, Bilbo actually kind of has to find that out. Well, Frodo has to find it out because, you know, that's how that's how <laughs> things happen. That's what happens when you give creepy cave dwellers your name and address. And speaking of creepy crave, cave dwellers, these trolls, they're something different. Um, I was expecting, you know, like, okay, I was expecting the Hobbit kind of trolls, you know, dumb, all this. But these trolls... I just, I don't even know how to describe them because I, I didn't like them. <laughs> I just did not like them. I, I wasn't a fan either. Um, but so here, here's what I put in regard to the trolls. Trolls are lame compared to Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit trolls. But like everything else in the Willowverse, they are quirky. They even have a mop crew, which just <laughs> sounds funny. It's true. Um, one of the first things that I wrote about the trolls was that them having an entire operation, it was just hilarious. <laughs> they have an entire operation going, mm-hmm. and, well, they've kidnapped a lot of people. I mean, it's not a good thing. It's terrible, actually. Kidnapped and kidnapped. Kidnapped and kidnapped, for sure. And so they've got this entire operation going, and I, it's just so funny to me, but also, like, mm-hmm. how are these trolls real? Obviously, they're not. Some but. of them are smarter than I expected they'd be. Others right. are, you know, reasonably dumb, as I would have expected. I'm still confused, though, on why they kidnapped Kit and Willow, but didn't try to get Alora. I guess they, like, they couldn't get her, but I didn't, I wouldn't think that Willow would have been that far away from her. I think what it was is that they didn't know which one it was. Yeah, but it's like, 
I don't How do you not know which one it is, though? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not even like they were like, I think that this one is, because I thought, what I wrote is like, what if the trolls had thought that Kit was Alora somehow? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Kit had to pull an Allagash or pretend to be Alora or something. Or maybe they thought that Jade, because, you know, red hair, maybe instead of kidnapping Kit, they kidnapped Jade. Which, I mean, obviously, that's that's rewriting. That's not what actually happened. But I just thought that that could be interesting of a dynamic for that. But I was just wondering, because, like, they have all these people here. They seem to think that Willow and Kit know where Alora is. But I'm like, she was literally right there. You guys attacked and kidnapped these people. And were like, and then took them back to your base to torture them and be like, Where's the Laura Dan? And it's like she was right there. Willow having been taken <laughs> is so funny. Be, like for this specifically, because the troll thing happened right after Laura like um, overheard Willow oversharing to Graydon. So she really had to have been very close. And so for them to catch Willow and then not yeah, get Laura like, or the very anybody clear. Else, person who is clearly Alora because I mean even her hair her hair is going red guys and she's also been carrying around the wand yeah because you know I think Willow's almost just kind of given up by now <laughs> kids will be kids yeah it's like huh, I'll, I'll get it back eventually she's, she's gonna just gonna nab it again if I take it back right precisely now. she's just gonna take it again which you know she obviously does still have it at this point um, let's see. Um, then the trolls try to, um, kind of torture Kit to yeah. get more information Which out of her. Which is really funny because this said, the trolls will tell you that they aren't animals. They don't do torture and stuff. But they do kidnap young lovers, Nelwins, and annoying sidekicks. And they try to get some kind of worm thing to either torture Kit or make her give them info on Alora or something. Which, again... Laura was right there, and they didn't take her. So maybe not that smart after all. They talk very eloquently at mm-hmm. times, but the thought process, it's not up there. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of in Much Ado About Nothing, there's this character called Dogberry. And he is a comedic character, but he will say words that mean the opposite of what he means. So it was like, if he's trying to insult someone, it'll call them benevolent or something. <laughs> it was like, so just like the complete opposite of what he means. And it was so hard for me when I was in my Shakespeare class because we read Much Ado About Nothing. And I'm like, okay, Shakespeare is hard enough to understand as it is sometimes. And this guy is saying opposite things that mean the opposite of what he's trying to say. So that just adds a complete it's other a level. Mind but, but he was doing it because he was like a lower class character who was trying to sound smarter smarter than he actually was. So he was using these big vocabulary words. We see that happen all the time, too, you know, mm-hmm. just like... And he was I, using them wrong because he doesn't know what they mean. Yeah. And that... These trolls are like Dogberry. I completely agree. They just... They don't know what they're talking about, really. Mm-hmm. But I guess they've, they've got their own thing going. They do have a whole operation that seems like it's been running... Mm-hmm. efficiently in some way kind of sort of um they are also working for the crown as well fyi 
kind of in a sort in a way. Yeah, they're they're, they're like definitely, but they're trying to get something out yeah, of the throne. No, I mean that's usually what people will do is they'll they'll want something out of it. But what yeah, so know. basically they're like that the crone doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. These these bad guys, let me tell you. <laughs> they do not understand how bad guys work. Even though they are Ever. bad guys. It's it's so obvious too. But anyway, speaking of Alora, they're interrupted by tremors accidentally caused by Alora's self-doubt and stress, resulting in her magic going all finicky. Her, Borman, Graydon, Jade, and Scorpia had snuck into the mines to rescue Kit and Willow from the evil crone-serving trolls. Borman is forced to admit that he may have embellished a couple details in his life-changingly amazing monologue in the last episode. <laughs> but Scorpia doesn't seem to mind because, again, she knows a winner when she sees one. Exactly. They are a power duo. <laughs> Except she does kind of bother me a little bit later, claiming that Jade will have to choose to be with her family or the Tiraslenian people that who raised her after this is over. It's like, do you love your sister and want her to be happy? Maybe don't make her choose. Why does she have to choose at all? Why can't right. she be your family and still have formed legitimate bonds elsewhere with other people? Like, and I get that know. you say, oh, well, you know, they're your captors. It doesn't matter at this point. These are the people that she grew up with. She was trained and raised by, uh, what was his name, Valentine, mm -hmm. Valentine, whatever, however you pronounce it. He raised her. He was like a father figure to her. Kit is obviously very close with her. She probably is reasonably close to Sorsha as well, which... She got into night school. Yeah, she got into night... She has a life that she has been working for this whole time. Not to mention, traveling is literally a thing. Mm -hmm. She does not have to choose. She can... If she wants to go yeah. visit her sister, she can just go Or yeah, you her. can write something. Letters, keep in touch. It's like... Anything. Why does she have to either be like, no, I don't want my real family in my life, or no, I don't want my you know, new family that I've grown up with in my life. First of all, why do you think she'd pick you? <laughs> like, not trying to be mean, but again, it's been Jade day. has been with these people her entire life. This is her entire life. All of her hopes, all of her dreams have been with these people. What, you think that's going to suddenly just change? And now, oh, well, you know, here's this entirely, this other society that is completely different than the society that I have been raised with that is trying to force me to cut ties with everybody that I know and love, all of my ideals, all my values. She literally at one point last episode said, just like, she's now going to have our values or something. That. I was like, no, she has her own values. She's had her own experiences. Right. She has her own sense of right and wrong. And the icing on top of the cake is, you seem to still be pretty antagonistic towards Tira's Lane. And wanting to, you know, rebel or attack them in some way. For you sure. think Kit is going to want to attack Tira's Lane? Or not Kit. You think Jade is going to want to attack Tira's Lane? That's her home. It's no. Scorpia. What are you doing? Right. Way and to kill your new relationship with your sister. Immediately, almost. It's such an unconditional sort of love. Not unconditional. No, it, it's a conditional, unconditional. yeah. Um, and it's... It boggles my mind because if you truly love her, and it's like, for me, it's hard mm -hmm. to grasp that they've bonded that quickly. Yeah. It's like finding out that um, she's your blood sister is like huge, you know? Mm -hmm. And obviously it's different in this fantasy setting. Um, it might have been great for all these, but Jade also grew up hating 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are they called? Bone the Bone Reavers. Reavers. She grew up hating them, thinking they killed her family just to end up being one. It's like a huge identity crisis. Well, it would be for me. Jade seems like she's handling it a mm-hmm. lot better than I would. But, but she also still, hasn't had to choose yet. Yeah, and she hasn't really had time to process it mm-hmm. considering everything happening right after one another. And so for Scorpio to say that is just very, like... Who, who even are you yeah. at this point to be saying You don't know like her that, that well. <laughs> you don't know her at all. You really. just like you saw the tattoo on her back and mm-hmm. called it a day. Yeah. That is literally all she did because I mean, Jade was literally fighting her immediately while she found this. And she's now suddenly like, "Oh, so this girl who was fighting me after realizing that we are actually blood related, even though she still doesn't really know me that well." She's just going to immediately drop everything she does know, all the people she does love, all of her values that she has built up to this point for my value. She's just going to become another bone reaver like everybody else because that's what she's supposed to do. When does that ever work? Never. It never, never works. And I'll, I'll give it to Scorpia, I guess. But And Jay did seem like very happy during the whole welcome mm-hmm. home party that's mm-hmm. for Which, her. I mean, to be and fair, that did. doesn't necessarily mean that she wants to assimilate to their culture, exactly. though. Exactly. Because, I mean, she thought she had no family, and now suddenly she She's, has a sister who is being nice to her now, who is seeming to accept her on some levels. Like, hey, I mean, I know I'd be pretty stoked if I, you know, I was like, I have a sister. This absolutely. lady's my sister. She's, you know, treating me like her sister. It's and like this, like, fu- this like, is another finally. bond I can have. Finally, I can have a family Again, like a blood family, not like a found family, but an actual, she is related to me. They have the same father. Like, it's that close of a I'd want that too. I just wouldn't want to choose. Of course she'd be happy, you know? And in that moment, like, yeah, um, she was having a good time. She was happy. And, but then it's like, of course she'd be happy at that time. But how are you going to make her choose? Yeah. Her life goes beyond the Bone Reavers. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really know them. And it seems to me like the Bone Reavers are stuck kind of in the past a little bit. And, you know, maybe maybe it's not just them. Maybe Tearsling needs to get better as well. Sorsha, but, for sure. Ugh, Sorsha. <laughs> but but for, from what it seems to me is that the reason that she is demanding, essentially, that Jade choose between the Bone Reavers and Tearsling is because there's a lot of bad blood there. And she doesn't want to end and, up having to fight her sister. Yeah, but it's like, I'm talking like from the point of view of Scorpia. It's like Scorpia wants to demand this because of this bad blood that they have had. And she doesn't want to move forward and maybe become more peaceful. Like at first I thought when we first met her that like maybe she's like going to play the whole, oh, we're we're misunderstood. They're wrongly, you know, coming after us because they think we're dangerous which, I mean, maybe that's true to some extent. But then she was like, and they should be. And I'm like, okay, so you're acknowledging that you would attack them, that you don't like them very much, and they are completely right in thinking that you pose a danger to them. What's so wrong with peace? <laughs> yeah, literally. I don't it's get like, it. What, you, what Jade should be is a bridge. Agreed. Jade should be a bridge because she, you know, she basically can experience the best of both cultures now she knows how good the bone reavers can be now and she obviously knows how good the people of tears lean can be even though they captured her like a while ago and maybe they're 
did some horrible things to the Bone Reavers in the past. Well, guess what? The Bone Reavers have probably done some terrible things to them as well. At some point... Like how they shot... Yeah, they literally killed. just sniped the guy who was talking about <laughs> Eric's, vigilance in the first yeah, episode. Eric's, um, attacked them out of nowhere. Like, for no reason. Mm-hmm. And so, all, like, all the people from Tira's mm-hmm. have been talking about, like, oh, the Bone Reavers are going to come, you know, and things like that, saying all these things. So it's like, obviously there's bad blood there. and But instead of wanting to move past it and doing so for the good of your sister, who I'm assuming you have some fondness for. And not just her sister, but she should think about the Bone Reavers yeah. as a whole, too. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just, like, not fight with each other right all the time imagine if there's peace and everybody lives yeah i mean no what's wrong with having allies exactly especially when there's things like the crone out there yeah tears helps you you help tears you don't attack each other's envoys (laughs) and you don't make your sister choose between yeah the place she grew up and you yeah because that's that's just gonna push her away Even if she ultimately chose the Bone Reavers, if they go to war with Tira's lean, do you think Jade's going to like that? Absolutely not. At some point, no matter what she does, there is going to be some resentment. And it is entirely Scorpius' fault. Well, I don't want to say entirely, because we don't know how Sorsha would react. Maybe Mm -hmm. Sorsha would be, you know, not interested in that either and want her to choose as well. We don't know. But from what we have in front of us... That's what that's what we're dealing with, and it was very disappointing to see. But we digress. <laughs> so Scorpia breaks away after this from the rest to free some other people that the orc trolls have taken, because, you know, everything looks like orcs to me. I am a Middle-earth fan through and through, and everything looks like an orc. In my head, they're just orcs. <laughs> they're just weird-looking orcs, yes. So That speak English. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. In in a very posh English as well. It was kind of funny. But anyway, Scorpio breaks away from them and to free the other people. And Graydon tries to repair his relationship with Alora, thinking that, you know, he doesn't know when he'll be able to try again because to Alora's credit, she's like reasonably pointing out, like, this is not really the time. I understand now, apparently, that you were actually possessed, so maybe I overreacted a bit. But can we not talk about this now? And he's like, well, no, I, I, if you're saying I would rather do this in some other time, I, I totally would agree with you. But, like, when? Exactly. <laughs> Which I'm like, Like, if I'm going to die today, I need to let you fair know point. now. <laughs> Which is very valid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely on his side for this one. Yeah. But to be fair to Alora as well, she's also clearly not in the position for this because she's already feeling a lot of stress and emotional confusion, I guess, because that's the whole thing that's going on with her magic and being finicky. Then the wand is getting finicky immediately like after he says all this. And the whole place shakes, which, of course, alerts the trolls. Borman, Alora, Jade, and Graydon put on disguises to blend in better, but then they are separated by some trolls who alert them to a mess on another level and demand that Graydon go clean it up, which, you know, he kind of has to do to keep his charade of being a troll up. But it, it was really funny because at first he was like, no, I'm good. Thank I was, you, though. I, I, <laughs> I was told to be somewhere else, you know, rally morale and everything because <laughs> they, they shortened our breaks. 
Raiden is hilarious. <laughs> all of these characters are honestly so funny. I love them all. And then that one troll was like, what? Who are you talking to? It's like, no, I'm not. No, just lead the way. I, I was I was kidding. It was just a it was just a silly little joke. I was joking. Lead the way. Let's go clean up yeah, this I'll, mess. Yeah, I'll clean it up. I'm, I was totally, totally not serious. And then he's like, oh. Back to the whole <laughs> Laura thing um, with her, like, emotions taking, like, over pretty much everything and making her magic finicky. My taking from it, like, I completely, I do agree with that. And I think it definitely plays a huge part. But I, I was also feeling like maybe she has more magic than she even realizes and knows and that like it's kind of like overtaking her in a sense that's what it looked like to me and like obviously her emotions definitely Mm -hmm. play a huge part in it too but it seemed like you know her magic is just like so powerful i think her emotions drive the magic so like i think it's a little bit of both but it's like when she is in this emotional state because she doesn't understand her powers because she has more power than she's used to she doesn't know how to control it of course which yeah that makes complete sense and i do agree with that it was just like at the time when i was watching it i was like is it 100 percent just her emotions that are controlling all of this or is her magic really that powerful that it might even control Mm -hmm. her in a sense you know what i mean i think so um just from like a retroactive thing obviously i'm not going to give anything away but it just does seem to me like this is a unique situation. It's not, I have a hard sure. time believing that, you know, it is just, you know, the magic is just coming up and showing itself because there's so much of it. Mm-hmm. Only because it doesn't seem to be happening really. Like it wasn't happening in previous episodes where, you know, not saying that she wasn't stressed in previous episodes, but in this one. It, it does seem like the stress and the emotional, the self-doubt, because she, she does have a lot of self-doubt in this. And Completely so this yeah. conflict of emotions, like, it doesn't really happen before this to this yeah. extent, and it doesn't really happen again after it to this extent. Okay. So it, does, it did it just seem to me. for me. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah, I just wanted to, like, bring that up because It's I either tied see... to the emotion or tied to the place. Yeah. Um that clears that up i just wanted to bring it up because like that's how it seemed to me in this episode mm-hmm. but i do completely agree that like her i do think there is a, there's a part of it being that you know there is just so much magic and she doesn't mm-hmm. know how to use she doesn't it no like she doesn't know the extent of her powers really mm-hmm. and it's like she's still trying to figure it all out she's beautiful she's perfect sorry <laughs> i just fangirled a little bit in my heart <laughs> i love her well, after the trolls left Kit, Willow, and not Mad Mardigan, Kit and Willow obviously called this guy out for being a total liar, liar, pants on fire. And, you know, of course he doesn't know when to quit, so he insists that he's Kit's father a couple more times. But then he finally admits to being Alagash, who is the person who went with Mad Mardigan and Borman to go find the cuirass. This is the guy that Borman told Scorpia he hoped suffered a lot before he died in the last episode. I don't remember anything about that when they were talking about Alagash I was like was he in the movie I don't know this guy at all I don't I don't know if he was in the movie or not I don't remember him from the movie I do think he might have been in the recap though I don't know if you watched the recap this time but um I did but when they showed the recap of Kit being taken everything else was (laughs) (laughs) 
So I just laughed through the rest of it. Yeah, that they showed that part and everything else was forgotten. I was like, okay, yeah. This is, this is <laughs> I remember we're this. We're good. <laughs> but yeah, so it turns out he's not dead. Kit helps him escape by throwing him the key to his cage, which he bafflingly uses to free himself and almost falls in the abyss below for his efforts, which, of course, forces Kit to scramble to free herself in time to catch the fool from falling. That part was ridiculous to me. Thankfully, she's able to do so, and Alagash acknowledges that that may not have been his smartest moment. You think? Yeah. No, no, it was not. Willow quite correctly points out that he wasn't as dumb as Mad Mardigan had said, because earlier there was a joke. It was like, oh, yeah, Mad Mardigan talked about you. He said you were, like, the dumbest person he's ever met. And Alagash was all like, I think you mean brave. <laughs> and Willow's like, you know what? You're right. You aren't as dumb as Mad Mardigan said you are. I think you're even dumber. <laughs> exactly. And Willow is right. You know, I think Willow kind of redeemed himself this episode. Yeah, he was far less annoying in this episode. I liked him this episode. Maybe mm-hmm. it was because he wasn't with Alora. <laughs> he he was a little bit later. Later in the episode, but for the majority of it, mm-hmm. he was just like with Kit and he didn't have his wand or anything. Mm-hmm. So, I guess maybe he was feeling a little Yeah. Calm. See, for my what I said about Willow is He's less annoying in this one. He admits to missing Alora, and his reaction to Alora losing the wand and losing Graydon, who had his magic staff, was actually kind of funny rather than irritating. Because Absolutely. he's like, he's like, where's the wand? He's like, she's like, I lost it. She's like, you lost it. Where did you lose my staff too? She's like, Graydon has it. He's like, well, where's Graydon? Probably up on the level cleaning up. <laughs> he's like, you are in big trouble, young lady. She's like, I know. It was. The cutest scene. I love them as a duo. Like, before, Willow mm-hmm. was getting on my nerves, and it was like, just teach her and help her and mm-hmm. talk to her and let them know what's going on with you. But this scene was so cute. and It was, it, like, it was actually funny rather than funny. irritating. Yeah. It was like, it did seem like somebody who actually did care about Alora, who was like, you know what? You messed up. I'm going right. to scold you for messing up, but, you know. And we could see that Alora, like, <laughs> understood that too rather than feel like um she's been taken under the wing of this um sorcerer who's not teaching her anything really or not not telling her everything she needs to know um rather she like Mm -hmm. i think maybe starts to see him as like i don't know if i would say a father figure but definitely definitely a mentor a mentor and Mm -hmm. like looking up to him a little bit Mm -hmm. because even when she drops the wand she's like oh Willow's gonna kill me, and like she seems like. And then Borman says, "Yeah, you're right. He's probably gonna kill you." And yeah. Jade's like, "Yeah, maybe don't tell him right away." <laughs> it's this episode had so many funny scenes, but all like the huge hits and emotional scenes kind of overtook it. Like we we will get it. there. I we know. will 100 percent get there. It's it's weighing. On I want to get everything <laughs> else out of the way because we might just talk about that forever. But one more thing about Willow, as in the character. He and Alagash do share some Mad Mardigan appreciation, which is very welcome, especially in light of episode one's Mad Mardigan slander. Was not happy with that episode one, if you remember. But, you know, he he gets more appreciation in this episode as, you know, a 
genuinely good person worth missing. When Willow was like talking about him being his best friend and one of the best guys he's ever known, it was so heart wrenching. I was like, mm-hmm. why would you take his best friend away? Like, don't do this to me. And then with the mm-hmm. way Sorsha was treating him, like, how dare you? Oh, I was so mad at her. Oh, but so this yeah. is the man you married and the father of your children. Calm yourself. <laughs> but speaking of Mad Mardigan, you know, Allagash reveals then that Mad Mardigan and he went further into the mines in search of the cuirass. And Kit, of course, demands that he leads them there so she can go find her father. Reasonable. What is less reasonable, however, though, is Allagash completely slandering Borman, claiming that he betrayed Mad Mardigan for the cuirass, which I don't think I believe. I do believe that Borman messed up somehow and let Mad Mardigan down, but he denies that he betrayed him for the cuirass while he acknowledges his other stuff that he's done fairly decently. Yeah. So I would think that if that had been the case, he would acknowledge it more. Maybe it's just the semantics of how it's being phrased and him leaving Mad Mardigan behind was what he was talking about. But I completely agree. When Allagash first started on the Borman hate train, <laughs> I was like, for a second, because, you know, Borman tends to lie a lot. So you never know like mm-hmm. if he's telling like the real story or anything like but that. But then so it was like, like, my first reaction was like, wait, did he actually do that? But not in a necessarily like, how dare he kind of yeah. way. I was like, did he really do Is that? Is this the and full story? Like, and then I was like, if he did, I don't know if I would care. <laughs> Just because it's Borman, but... Yeah, but it's also Mad Mardigan. I know. Oh, That's they're pitting them against difficult. But I think later on we do see Borman has some yeah. regret when it comes to Mad Mardigan. He oh, shows definitely. how much like Mad, Bo- Mad Mardigan truly matters matter to mm-hmm. him. I don't and also think that Allagash's account can be trusted 100%, whether that's not. from another lie, because, I mean, we talk about Borman lying. This guy started out with a lie. Exactly. So he's clearly not trustworthy. Now, we find out later why he lied, but, I mean, the trolls weren't really there in that moment, so he really could have, as soon as that, that bubble burst, he could have been like, yeah, you're right, I'm not, here's why I did it, sorry, which mm-hmm. we'll get into his reasoning a little bit more later, I think, but... So I was like, he's, he can't be trusted 100% either, I don't mm-hmm. think. Not saying that he, at his core, is a bad person. Because obviously Borman has similar issues as well. Yeah. And that doesn't stop us from liking him. But it, it could also be because of bias. Maybe he legitimately sees what Borman did that way in terms of leaving him behind. Oh, you were just trying to get the cuirass yourself. Maybe that's how he saw it. And maybe that's not entirely true. Mm-hmm. But that's what... Allagash thought happened. Maybe, so either of those this things is possible. a controversial viewpoint for me, but even if Allagash was completely right, like I genuinely like I just, <laughs> I just don't care. Like, I mean, like of course it would have been terrible because it's Mad Mardian, you know, yeah. who was betrayed and things like that. But at the end of the day, who's here? Borman or Mad Mardigan? Unfortunately, <laughs> Mad Morgan is not here, but Borman is. So. I'm going to take what I can get. So, and I don't know. I I don't think I genuinely, like, connected with Allagash at all oh, in the slightest. You no. know, he's, he's a temporary character. And even though that he had his moments, I guess, mm-hmm. a little bit, it was just, like, he was just there in my eyes, you know? Yeah. Like, everything he said was just, like, whatever. Even if it had, if, even if it held truth, it didn't matter to me. Yeah. 
So let's see if you can tell how I felt about Allagash for most of the episode. All right, these are, these are my quotes that I wrote down from my notes. Allagash, not trustworthy at all. Borman is the best. Allagash is dumb. What is wrong with this Allagash dude? Allagash is obnoxious. At least Allagash didn't abandon them. What's more important? Alora Dannon. Really never would have guessed that, Allagash. <laughs> Props to Allagash, though. Sacrifice play. Sorry, spoiler alert, but we'll get there. <laughs> I'll give him that he was funny at times, and he did certainly come through at the end, but he was definitely not my favorite character. <laughs> definitely not mine. I wrote, <laughs> I just found this note that I had written, and it literally says, um, dot, 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 yeah, I don't care if Borman has ever done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, some other things that I said, I don't think, yeah, I straight up wrote, Allagash is terrible. <laughs> Even though he's not really, like, I, I wouldn't say he's... He's not, he's not that terrible, bad, guys. He's just... I don't like him. He's got his own brand of humor that can come off obnoxious at times. I do not like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was trying... It's kind of like if you know somebody who's trying to be funny. And, you know, it's just not landing. Falls short every single but time. But they keep doing it because this time. This time will be fun. They'll laugh this time. And, you know, sometimes... You can never be Borman. Yeah, it's like, sometimes he was funny. There were a couple lines, I forget which ones, because he's not Borman. But <laughs> exactly. there were a couple times where I'm, I, I feel like I did chuckle. He did get a chuckle. But for most of the time, it's like, okay, you're just a dork. <laughs> you're like, stop. You're not even, like, a lovable dork. You're getting on my nerves. You need to learn how to read the room and dial it down, because you're just stop <laughs> yeah what i'm about to say might seem like it's going completely off topic but i will like tie it back into the whole allagash thing but this episode fully cemented my love for kit and i even wrote down i am that i am the president of the kit protection squad oh and because i will protect her with my kit life protection squad i will protect her always and the entire time. I feel every, like she's had a better t-shirt now than she did at the beginning. <laughs> I feel like we had a different t-shirt. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but back to what I was KPS. saying. The entire time Allagash was talking to Kit and like telling her these things, I was just annoyed and aggravated. And I'm like, leave her alone. Yeah. Even though like she's actively like asking these questions and wants to know more about mad mardigan which she does deserve mm -hmm. and like i'll give him that you know like he's able to give her a little bit more info than foreman might have been able to because, or been willing to yeah and it's just like some things i feel like he could have definitely avoided saying or talking about in the manner that mm -hmm. he did and just the entire time i was like just leave kid alone yeah. she's just leave her alone like don't do this to her mm -hmm. i mean he basically tells her to her face that Mad Mardigan we will get there but skipping ahead Allagash stays behind to buy them all more time to escape in the you know finale escape sequence here and he tells Kit that Mad Mardigan came down there to look for the cuirass and you know he he ends up in this like veil portal realm that apparently it's like that's where he's stuck now and kind of like a limbo. I yeah. Guess. 
and Alagash tells Kit that he went there to, you know, because that's important, while under the assumption that everyone else, because he did that, can now better protect what's most important up here, you know, meaning the, the realm, the world. And what is that, you ask? If you said Alora Dannon, you'd, you'd be, be correct. correct. Yes. This man tells Kit, Mad Mardigan's daughter, that Mad Mardigan went down there, left her and her family to protect Alora Dannon because Alora Dannon is more important than Kit. And Which, I mean, I get she's the savior of the realm, so it's not like it's, you know, I mean, obviously no one person's life is more valuable than another's. But For sure. in terms of protecting the realm, Alora Dannon is basically the most important person. I think the, the series mm-hmm. has established that several times. This is the savior of the realm. Literally everything is resting Since on the her. movie that has been established. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable. But, but you don't have to say it like that or at all. It <laughs> has already gone through the grief of having lost her father. And this episode made her go through that again mm-hmm. because and it's like okay so like some people might have maturity and again i'm not saying because kid is a teenager she doesn't have the capacity to understand things but this is a very we are also very removed from this so we can look at this more analytically and be like well you know just because mad mardigan thinks that protecting Alora dannon is more important for the realm than protecting his kids doesn't necessarily mean he loves his, his kids less it's just mm-hmm. he, he is an adult. He is seeing the big picture of, sure. yes, I love my family. I would, you know, if it was just me, I would protect my family over everybody. But in case of the realms, like Alora Dannon is also the best way to protect right. my family. So it's not necessarily that he's choosing Alora Dannon over his family. That's just what it seems like. But of course, Kit, very understandably, is not going to get that. Because she's very close to the situation. She has grown up with her father's disappearance. That's obviously a big source of trauma for her. And now to hear this other rando guy who probably knew her father to some extent better than she did. Tell her, yeah, he wasn't with you because he was protecting Allura Dannon. Yeah, essentially saying that, yeah, you lost him uh, because of her. Yeah. and It's rough. We'll um, get there. Like... Before this episode, I think Kit was holding on to all the hope that she can get that her dad was still out there. And and that's not why he left. Yeah, and that, like, you know, he's just, like, stuck somewhere, which she, she was right about that. Mm-hmm. But this episode, she truly lost her father for good. It was, like... Unless the final... they somehow bring him back in another season, yeah, that is essentially what it is. And... It's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching, oh, and yes. it's just, and of course, like, I, you know, beforehand, her reaction, well, obviously, it wouldn't, we would have been more understanding since it's something to this degree, but, like, her previous reactions to, like, things of this nature in a lesser sense um, have been a little annoying but this one it's like the most rightful this was the real reaction 
Like, there was it nothing is. that I thought was wrong about it. We, we will get there. We have to get through the rest of the episode <laughs> first. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. This I know. Is I want handful. to skip there, too. I want to skip there, too. But, you know, I have a, I have a format. I have a structure. <laughs> and I need to somewhat stick to it. You know, we can go episode off a couple times. Hurt but my heart so yes. much. But, yeah, let's, okay. let's we'll, continue. We'll try, and, we'll try and speed through it. Okay. So, speaking of Borman, because we, we had been talking about him earlier. He, Laura, and Jade continue sneaking through the mines. Jade nearly falls through a very terribly made bridge. You know, F for engineering. These trolls clearly have not, <laughs> have not gone to engineering school at all. When Alora and Borman are pulling her up, Alora, as we mentioned earlier, does actually accidentally drop the wand, Cylindria's wand, into the abyss. <laughs> they do save Jade, thankfully, but Alora laments that Willow's going to kill her. Borman agrees. Jade suggests not to tell him right away. Turns out Borman is leading them deeper into the cave to not free, you know, Kit and Willow, but to find the cuirass, claiming that he needs it to get them all out of there, which I kind of believe him. I, I don't think that it's a completely selfless motivation, but I do think he is legitimately trying to right his wrongs. And this is just how he thinks he's going to be able exactly. to do it. In his mind, this is the best way that he can help mm -hmm. if he desperately wants to in the best way yes. that he can. And so that's how he's doing it. Of course, Alora and Jade do not see it the same way, though, which, you know, understandable, understandable as you can imagine. They're not impressed. Borman, so <laughs> so they want impressed. to free, they want to just free Willow and Kit right off the bat. But, you know, suddenly they don't have to because Kit, Willow, and Allagash arrive. So, hey, awesome. That is, you know, no longer an issue that we have to go in and save them from the cages. So, when of the course, team though, just meets back up. Borman and Allagash immediately start duking it out, which is really hilarious to me, as much as I like Borman, because everyone else just ignores them for a while. They just, like, start fighting, and then everybody else has these, like, rational, like, somewhat, like, conversations of just, like, other things. And they're just mm -hmm. like, okay. It, it really felt like the adults are like, okay, those two children are roughhousing in the corner. We're just yeah. going to continue on <laughs> with our the thing. The scene we were talking about earlier with Laura and Willow and how they were like, yeah. I missed you, kind of, sort of, or something yeah. like that. And, like, they're having this special moment, and Borman and Allagash are just fighting in the background. Everyone's having special moments. Out. Kit and, and Jade are reuniting. Willow and Alora are reuniting. And then, you know, there's They're Borman and Allagash. reuniting just, in a completely different <laughs> yeah, manner. A completely different manner. Um, and the only time that people actually acknowledge that this is happening is when Willow starts scolding them for their language. Because, like, I don't even remember what the insults were. I'm not saying them because they're bad. I legitimately don't know what they are. They are They're, some, like, weird... They're Willowverse. Willow <laughs> stuff. But and then Willow's like, hey, language. Because and then they're both like, oh, there, sorry, you know? sorry, sorry. <laughs> Eventually, they pull themselves together enough to find the room where the cuirass is supposed to be hidden. They need two people to open the door to get there first. So I'm not sure how Min Mardigan did it alone, you know, unless that's where they were caught. And then, you know, they were able to both do it. And then Allagash got caught. Not 100% sure. Um, but that is apparently in the place where Allagash claimed that Borman betrayed him and he, being Allagash, obviously, heroically gave the trolls Mad Mardigan's name as his so that Mad Mardigan can continue. That's why he was passing himself as Mad, Mad, Mad Mardigan because apparently, you know, Mad Mardigan is way cooler than Allagash, which is true in every 100%. sense of the word. 
And you know he the Allagash. The, the trolls even knew this. So <laughs> So Allagash was like, I'm Mad Mardigan in an effort to get the trolls to stop looking for the actual Mad Mardigan so that he can continue the crest. Okay, cool. So they go to Wiggleheim's tomb, which is filled with treasures of the great Nelwyn adventurer. That's apparently where the Chimerian cuirass is. They just have to answer a couple of riddles first. And I actually really like this part. They, they were good riddles. I mean, I'm not an expert riddler, so I mean, if I was, they probably would be pretty obvious. But, you know, for me, it felt like riddles in the dark. So what we're going to do is I'm going to say them now, and you have until the end of this podcast to guess or Google it, okay? <laughs> cool. So the first one is, So I pass from sire to heir, and each of brothers takes his share. A gift or curse I may be used by others more than thee. And the second one is, beggars have what wise men crave, but both shall take it to their grave. Give it your best shot. See if you're worthy to enter Wiggleheim's treasure room at the end of the podcast. Or you could just pause it if you need more time, I guess. I thought there would be a time limit to answer them. Apparently there wasn't. Wiggleheim's recorded message was just like, if you don't answer my riddles, you'll die. But then he's more than happy to repeat himself on the second riddle until Alora figures it, it out. It seems like you need more time. Do you need me to repeat the riddle? Yeah. It seems like you need more time. Over and over and over again. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I guess there is no time limit here. Cool. They can just stay there until they die. Yeah. See, like, I thought, <laughs> like, if they didn't answer, like, the tomb would kill them or something. But no, it's just like, well, if you don't answer it, you'll be stuck here and then eventually die. And I'm like... Okay, I guess that's not technically incorrect. I just thought you were going somewhere else with that. I think one of my favorite parts regarding this scene is that Jade answered the first riddle and then Laura answered the second one. And I feel like it kind of adds to the whole group dynamic because it shows that they've really gone from that group in the first episode that's so disconnected and, like, everybody's, like, doing their own thing, essentially, and has their own, like... Mm -hmm purpose in going on this quest to find Eric but um and to also you know save the world but um this episode I feel like shows this group dynamic and they all like start just getting each other and like knowing each other very well and like working together and being able to figure mm -hmm. these things out together and I don't know I I just love scenes like that you yeah. know it's like ugh, they're really a family now and it's so perfect <laughs> I love them they're my family it's what it feels like <laughs> Yeah, Jade gets the first one, Laura gets the second one, then Borman and Allagash book it into Wiggleheim's tomb and continue to duke it out over the cuirass. And then Kit enters the tomb herself. And terrible. This was legitimately painful. I I would have felt bad for cried. Kit even if she had still been the awful Kit version in the earlier episodes. Definitely. It was that rough. I genuinely almost cried and i haven't cried over like a show or a movie mm -hmm. in almost like a year now but this almost broke me this scene specifically and just the look on it kids was face so bad so Terrible. she she finds mad mardigan's sword covered in cobwebs so clearly it has been there for a very very long time and there's some veil portal thing, and she can hear him calling to her. The real Mad Mardigan this time. You know, not someone else. But no, this is literally her. And that's what I said earlier. If She clearly knows what her father sounds like because he calls out to her. He just says, Kit. And she's immediately like, Dad? So she knows. This, this is him. And Recapping he's asking this. her. 
to come help him. Now, I don't know if it's really him or if, you know, there's some evil magic making her think it is mm-hmm. to try and trap her or something. I, It's never really explored, but from face value, it's him. Recapping this, honestly, is breaking my heart yeah. all over again because of how emotional and upsetting this scene was. It's just so <laughs> hurtful because, like I was saying earlier, she had this hope of finding her father this entire time for a decade she wanted to see her dad again and she hears his voice and she hears his voice and sees his sword covered in cobwebs but she can't see him there's just this void but she hears him and she wants to go to him and he calls for her to help him it hurts so bad he asks her to come help him And so, you know, she's obviously going to do it because, you know, who wouldn't in that situation? But the minds are still trembling and things are about to go down. So Jada and Alora have to literally come in and drag Kit away from her father, kicking and screaming because she wants to come help her father because he is, you know, she's hearing his voice and asking for her to come help him over and over again. And so she's just fighting with everything in her to get there. And her friends have to pull her away so that she is not trapped in this void with him. And they can see how, like, difficult it was for her and, like, how, like, just it's such an emotional. We can't describe this well enough. I can't describe it. Like, my chest physically aches right now just thinking about it and talking about it. As I was breaking it down, she had her hands over her mouth. Literally, I can't. This was my breaking point. I feel like. It's like, what an awful situation. It's And then, you know, she doesn't even have time to process it. I mean, how would you even process it? But she just immediately ripped away. The trolls catch up to them. They fight. Graydon rejoins the group. Alagash is injured. He gives the cuirass to Borman and claims that it didn't work for him. And maybe it would work for Borman. Not to mention... As the trolls are coming in, that um, Stonehead, whatever. Oh it's yeah, called, the, the, the tomb closes. The tomb closes. Kit's only chance of ever reaching her father mm-hmm. closes right in front of her eyes, and then she's got to fight some trolls. I can't. I can't. Do Immediately, this. it was too much for me. Mm-hmm. So Alagash stays behind, buys them time, and then obviously, like we mentioned earlier, there's that interaction where. Right after this. I'm, I'm actually going to read this again. I know I've already read it before from my notes of what happens. But with the context of what just happened to Kit, I think I need to read it again. Okay, so she's just gone through this awful traumatic experience of not being able to help her father who was calling out for her help. And Alagash tells Kit that Mad Mardigan came down here so the rest of them can protect what's most important up here. What is that, you ask? Alora Dannon. I would... That that would be the end. Like, I would never... Right in after that. Life. After Elora and Jade, you know, have just dragged her away from helping her father. And the tomb has closed now, so she cannot go back in there to help her father. This is Elora having taken her away from her father twice now. For her. Yeah. I I can't do this. It was too much. It's it is, too much. See, I wrote in my notes 
just like kind of a side note but not really considering how we were at the beginning when it came to kit i wrote in my notes kit is perfect because she went through all of this and rather than like give up or anything she's still kind of like you can see she's still like trying to be there and continue and like Mm -hmm. go on you know because she still has she's thinking about her brother and you know like she still has to save him but she's going through all of this and she's sort of holding it together like Mm -hmm. you can obviously see all the pain she's in and i want to commend the actress that plays kit because that was raw it was amazing like i could feel everything she was she did a really really good job amazing um stunning beautiful they never they've been doing pretty well in my opinion i mean like i'm not an expert when it comes to that like you have to be pretty bad at acting for me to notice and call you out on it but for this like this was genuinely everybody this whole aftermath of what just happened was handled pretty well like that was it was real it was raw and i mean i know in the past we've kind of gotten on kit for being awful so laura this is the exception. See, this is what, like, what we're going to get into next is the kind of conflict that is natural, that is built in as a, you know, natural consequence of everything that has been established. It is not, you know, the writer sitting there like, oh, I need some conflict, so I'm going to have this character be rude to this character for no apparent reason. This is, this has been set up. This has been explored. This is there. And this is the natural consequence of this action. And that's why it doesn't come across as bad for Kit. Because of course she would react like that. This is the normal thing for her to do. So it's played out so beautifully and like the sequence of events is just it's just so perfectly laid out and it all leads up to this very moment yeah so they're escaping Alagash has stayed behind and they have to cross this you know like i don't i don't really know how to describe it it's like lava but then like there's like a layer on top of it's, it's not lava okay it's like it's kind of like when um a it looks lake like ice is over yeah. except what's on top is kind of like lava lavic rice rocks you know like how it like you can break if you break through it it like closes up behind like closes itself back up and it's like this weird substance where it's like there's like some it kind of looks like sap like underneath it Mm -hmm. and then there's that this layer at the top that they're all walking on and kit obviously is not in a good mood after what has just happened and what alagash has just told her who would be who would be literally no, literally. So Kit has obviously been rubbed the wrong way completely. And she just stops and demands that Alora use her magic and fix things. Because, you know, she's the chosen one. She's the one that my father left me for. Fix it. You have the magic. Fix it. And she blames her. She actually blames Alora flat out for Mad Mardigan's absence. And said that he always chose Alora over Kit. Which that has been, you know, 
that line actually came up several times. Alora's been hearing it. So I don't know if she's got like some like futuristic powers, like can see the future, hear the future, something. But you can hear Kit delivering this line faintly a couple times throughout the episode. But here is where she actually says it. It's terrible timing because they're standing on a somewhat thin substance on a surface of some evil liquid stuff. But I cannot hold this tantrum that Kit has against her because it was very impactful. It was very understandable. I don't know if I would even call it a tantrum because it's so... I'm, I'm only calling it a tantrum because of how her emotions just snapped and she exploded. When I say tra- tantrum, I don't mean like... In the sense of a whiny, you know, unjustified grievance. I mean it in the sense of when a young child is just so overwhelmed with emotions that they just have to explode, essentially, because of it. So that is that is the sense. I'm glad you mentioned that because I do want to clarify. Mm -hmm. I don't mean the whiny tantrum. I just mean I'm using that word only because it is in my head representative of all the emotions just building up and then they just get completely just released and forget the consequences because they just need to come out at this point it's like it's bad timing so it's not you know like a good time for it but because of how strong the emotions are it can't wait it It can't can't wait Mm -hmm. and something we didn't mention in this scene not only um is like the floor and like the surface, like what's underneath it, like sap or whatever. But there's also things kind of exploding and breaking that rock and like the floor surface level or whatever that they're walking on. So some things keep like breaking that and it takes considerable amount of strength and power to break through mm-hmm. that. And so like that's what's going on. So they need to get through that fairly quickly so that nobody gets hurt or stuck there or Mm -hmm. anything like that and you know Alora in this whole showdown like she like obviously Kit's actress is doing really really good but you know Alora's is as well because she is really showing like you can see her face as Kit is just unleashing into her she is really affected by this she understands where where Kit is cho- is coming from, and she is literally grieving that this is a situation that she is that they are all in, especially when it comes to you know Kit confronting her about her dad's disappearance. This like her chosen one status was a real weight to her here. It was actually something sure. that was weighing on her, and it was causing her a significant amount of grief. That okay, maybe Kit and I haven't always got along. But this is a woman who is just completely almost broken at the moment. Like, not broken in the sense that she can't function. But again, with her emotions, her emotions have just snapped. And she cannot take any more without unleashing it into me. And Alora does not hold this against Kit. She actually, she reacts as though she deserves it. Yeah, I want to, rec- um, I completely forgot the word, but like, um, the acting that was done by both Laura and Kit in this episode, and especially this scene, was just so incredible and so raw. You can feel everything. And, like, the way Laura reacted to Kit's um, 
outburst is very understandable too and it's like these are both essentially like they're both kids that are going through something mm-hmm. so like unbelievably like terrible and like there's so much weight on both of their sh- their shoulders and it's like come mm-hmm. to this point where it just needs to get out really yeah for what i said about kit i said that kit and mad Mardigan's relationship was the emotional core of this episode his disappearance loomed over the entire thing and kit's suffering was so good from a narrative sense obviously very not fun but also really sympathetic for her character and i said poor kit she needs a hug yeah i i wrote a lot of oh kit oh Oh, kit oh no (laughs) oh no kit oh please oh no kit and i wrote her situation doesn't get much better does it terrible it is terrible it's you want to say what happens next or do you want me to i'll say i'll say it you know how i mentioned that there's some things kind of like exploding all over the place and breaking and how we mentioned about what the what they were standing on was so in the middle of i don't want to call it a fight but i for lack of better words at this moment in between in the middle of the fight between Alora and kit that happens right under kit's feet so something comes down from the ceiling right next to kit she falls into the sap water whatever it is evil liquid the hole that she fell through closes back up and she is stuck down there now she just lost her father and now she is stuck (laughs) under this random magic-y whatever it's called Mm -hmm. i was losing my mind i could not handle this kit does not deserve this this is why I feel I feel so protective over Kit right now. This is why I was saying I'm Kit, like, protection squad president. <laughs> um, it was terrible to see. And then Willow tries his very best to, like, Everyone's her, freaking everyone's out. Freaking everyone's out. panicking. Everybody runs back to them to try to get Kit out. Willow uses so much magic to try and, like, break it, but to no avail. And then... Alora finds the wand that she dropped earlier, but she steps on it. A little and it convenient. Break. A little convenient, but you know, I can forgive it. It's not implausible that it would be there. Yeah, because it fell like yeah. so far down. It's not implausible. It is a little convenient. But, but the fact you know, that she stepped on it and it didn't break, that's what's not clicking in my head. But you know what? It works out. It's a magic maybe. wand, it's fine. Um, so she finds the wand. Thankfully. Willow doesn't seem to mind her using it this time. Um, he actually gets out of the way for her because, again, she's Alora Dannon. Um, Alora struggles to summon the magic to free Kit. But before we can see if she's successful, we cut away to the immemorial city where Eric is stumbling across some random lady who claims to have been brought there too. Is it wrong of me to hope that they fall in love so Alora and Graydon can be together? I know because I had that <laughs> thought too. Before I was like, but wait, my distrust in new characters yeah. is a little too high. So. Especially after Allagash. Right. Um, so when they cut to Eric, I wrote down poor Eric because obviously he was like in, in the beginning basically of the episode, like got he's teleported around out. back to where he was. And yeah. 
And then um, like he, was in he starts hearing this voice. And it's not the crone voice that he had heard earlier. It's a different, it's a, it's a girl's voice. And so he's like, oh, there's somebody else here. So he mm-hmm. goes to her. And I wrote down, who on earth is this? She's super pretty. You can't but trust then, pretty ladies in creepy cult-like places. Exactly, because now in my head, because I'm so distrustful and everything is too much, I'm at an all-time high with this episode, I, my first, well, my first reaction was the whole, can they mm-hmm. be together so that Laura <laughs> and Graydon be together? But immediately after that, I was like, no, 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 do not trust her. What if that is the crone? That is like what's on my mind. I was like, something like, there's something with this girl. Like, either she's genuinely the crone, or like whatever's like behind the crone, if there is a person behind it, or she's like very closely tied to the crone. You know what I mean? Something along those lines. And then, and then the episode ends. <laughs> it just ends right there. We don't even go back to Kit. I, it's a very interesting hypothesis. You think <laughs> your face? I can't read it right now, and that's <laughs> killing me because I need to know what this girl's deal, and I also need to know if Kit is okay. I don't think like anything's gonna happen to her per se. Like, I don't think she's gonna like die. Hopefully not. <laughs> but um, still, the episode ending like that was mm-hmm. a little too much. It and was I, a little funny how it ended though with the music. Yeah. It just <laughs> pop music like right then and there. I'm like my heart is still was, breaking over It was Kit. just the timing though cuz it was like oh or like <laughs> yeah. It was, <laughs> it was just like Eric's face and I was like what? I didn't know it was the music at first. <laughs> yeah. Cuz you know, I think Eric might be a little bit of a playboy. Oh, he he definitely is. That was established in episode For 1. For sure, you know. Um and he's been alone all this time in this. It's, it is a pretty girl. Sandy place, and that is a pretty girl. Not to mention the poor guy's probably starved for company too. Exactly, but the episode ends just like that, and I couldn't. Yeah. It was too much. Let's talk about Graydon. <laughs> Funny, funniest guy. He's literally it- so <laughs> cute. I don't know how to like best explain it because. He's just a cute guy. The you know episode I mean? needed more Graydon, but he got sent away to clear, clean up a spill for most of the episode. He Still made no an impact. Gr- <laughs> he made an impact. Even he, no, he did. We'll get there. But it's like, these were my, my notes here, uh-huh. I think. I had. Still no Gray Laura. Grr. We'll get there. <laughs> I, have, I have full faith and hope that they will get there, you know? There was a cute moment at the end of the fight, you know, when he comes back, he asks Alora how her day was. <laughs> it's like, you see what I mean? I tell Graydon is such a cute guy. Yeah, no, he's like, like hey, how was your day? Guy. And she's like, I lost the wand. And he's like, oh no. And she's like, yeah. They're so cute. And I need them to be established right now. Yes. I need them to have this talk right now. And I mean, like, after Kit gets saved, obviously, but like, immediately. Make soon. this canon. <laughs> As soon Disney. as possible. I Make need this it. canon. <laughs> yeah. On a similar note, Borman. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Always. So here's. I mean, I've already said that he can do no wrong in my eyes. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there is this at the beginning, you know, when he's talking about, you know, 
It's like, well, how did you get out the last time? And he's like, well, I may, it may not have, you know. He says, like, when I said I slaughtered them, I didn't mean slaughtered. More like I slaughtered their pizzazz. <laughs> I beat them at their own game. And <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Scorpio, like, when she goes off, she's like, I'll take more than their pizzazz. And he's like, right, because I already took that. <laughs> He's so funny. I love him. I literally oh, yes. love all the characters. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not Scorpio so much. She's Wait, cool. She's a she's maybe. Pretty. She's a maybe. But like the main <laughs> core group, I'm not kidding when I say they are my family. And then when when Alagash like family. stays behind, there's like where's Alagash? And then you know there's just like somberman. It's like he stayed behind kind of thing. And Borman's like, oh bummer. <laughs> he did not care and I'm with him I'm right yeah. there with him it's like oh that's unfortunate honestly for this episode it was such a roller coaster and my heart was breaking left mm-hmm. and right that I didn't even end up writing down specific quotes because it was just I couldn't everything I she would have written handle. down everything yeah it was this episode was a lot for me mm-hmm. and you know Borman is Enduring in so many ways, much like Thor and Oakenshield, he seems to have a bit of trouble with directions. And it's funny because that is actually starting to be an endearing trait now for me. Like, <laughs> oh, he doesn't know where he's Completely going. Agreed. <laughs> like, it's just really, really cute. But Borman does get some depth here, as we were talking about a bit earlier. As much as he clearly does want the cuirass and he lies to people, he wants to make write the biggest mistake of his life which is i guess when he left mad martigan to die or something despite being his squire which is what kit says mm-hmm. so he does actually yeah he does admit to like having left mad martigan there not necessarily it, i don't think he says like he left him there to die per she se. accuses him of that and he doesn't refute it gotcha yeah so it's like there's that like he's not just this hilarious guy and we he's do get actually to see got that. some depth and character stuff depth. going on and, and honestly even if we didn't see that i'd love him regardless but <laughs> because of that i love him even more you know yeah it's like he's actually like a really good person for sure. deep down <laughs> and it's kind of like gives you the idea that everything he has done up to this point has truly been for Mad Mardian. Like, if you really think about it. Because he went on this quest that he genuinely didn't even have to mm-hmm. be on. Um, Sorcia released him, and as soon as he got out of those walls, he, he could have left. left. When he when they reached the Bone Reavers, he could have just stayed there. He didn't need to continue on. He didn't mm-hmm. need to find the Lux Arcana or do all of this. Scorpia even tells him, he's like, hey, stay. And he's like, maybe I will after i'm done with this and it's great because you can see that like this is something and maybe the well i wouldn't say the only thing but like this is the most important thing to him at this moment in time and it adds to the whole like mad martian too because it's like it's mad martian that he truly cares about and like Mm -hmm. another thing completely like it's still about borman but how old is he? Because they did... Me- Alagash mentioned that Mad Mardigan viewed Borman as a son. Like, like they were like father-son. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how old? I don't think he's is- that old. Like, he's definitely think- older than the other people in the group. For sure, but... But 
Well, not Willow, but. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of threw me for a loop. Like, I didn't think he would, like, I didn't think of him at any, like, as any sort of age or anything like that, you know? But hearing that, I was like, I took him a, young to be about maybe the age that Mad Mardigan was, like, when the movie uh-huh. happens. Like, thereabouts. So he's, like... He's the Mad Mardigan late, character. Late 20s. Yeah. Around there. Mentally. I just, really, I just didn't really think about it before, so hearing that was like, mm-hmm. <gasps> wait, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> and yeah. I think it just made me realize how old Mad Mardigan and Willow are, <laughs> which I mean, yeah. understandable. It's been like 20 years, but... Mm-hmm. Um, well, 16. Yeah. 16 or 17. But... Borman lover and kit protector. That's me. (laughs) Should put that in your bio. I'm actually going to make a shirt, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I'm going to wear it all the time. If you see Hara around campus in her shirt, come up to her, say hi, and you will get (laughs) our appreciation. Yeah, I'll say, aw, thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, I think that wraps yeah. up, that wraps up what that, I was thinking. That wraps about. up what I was going to say, too. That wraps up our commentary that we have prepared for Willow Episode 6. As promised, here are the answers to the riddles. So, you know, if you haven't figured them out, want more time, might want to pause it because I'm about to answer it. Do you need more time? I can repeat the rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the first one. So I pass from sire to heir, and each of brothers takes his share. A gift or curse I may be used by others more, to, more than thee. The answer is Hara. Do you remember it? No, I remember the second <laughs> one. I'm not even going to lie. I don't remember the first okay, one right it's, now. It's a name. Oh, The right. answer is a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the second one, beggars have what wise men crave, but both shall take it to their grave. Hara, what is the answer? Nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. The word nothing is the answer. So, did you recover the Chimerian cuirass and escape the mines of Skellin? If you did, or if you didn't, and still feel up to adventuring along with us, be sure to check out our podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever podcasts live, and follow along for other content from Entertainment Rebooted, both there and every Sunday at 1 p.m., directly following Sports Power Talk. As always, I'm your host, Natalie. She's your host, Tara. This has been Entertainment Rebooted's Willow Wednesday. Thank you for listening.